John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Theme tune time. Let's go, John. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. I told you there's no way I'm singing. Come on. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. Yeah. John and Sam in Japan. Never gonna happen. And put your clothes back on, it's just weird. Ah, never! John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Welcome to the show. He is John. And he is Sam. And this is John and Sam in Japan. The international comedy podcast. How's everything going? Well, it's the end of the school holiday, and so we're back to school tomorrow, uh, online lessons and all that. I've had a good week off, though, to be fair. I was going to say, when you're doing home teaching, is it better that the kids are on holiday or is it better when they're at school? I can't quite work out which would be yeah, preferable. Because I was getting very much computer fatigue by the end of it. So I've had a whole week off of just going on these big walks, which has been quite good with, you know, kids and stuff. So they've they've developed quite hardy uh walking capabilities like Layla's only three and a half and she's been doing you know between five and eight k a day which is you know pretty good going <laughs> right. for yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, she moans a lot <laughs> <laughs> and she's literally being dragged but <laughs> yeah well to be fair she's uh yeah she's all right but i uh did you what did you get for because this is a week after valentine's day what did you get for valentine's oh, day oh yeah well, ex- extremely romantic. Uh, in well, in Japan, obviously, the kind of tradition is to make something for your other half in terms of cookies or something like that. So, my wife very, very uh, kindly woke up early and baked some chocolate uh, muffins. Nice. Which were they are absolutely delicious. If I dare say it, slightly on the dry side. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I say that with the full assurance that she'll never, ever listen to this podcast. (laughs) Um, My son and I nicknamed them the Sahara. (laughs) But yes, I was very grateful to receive them, though. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I feel like this is leading uh, somewhere where, like, your wife got you, I don't know, like a noose or something. (laughs) No, I literally... uh... Sweet FA. What? Nothing. Nothing. Like, I, I literally, I thought she was joking. I was like, so I, I bought her, right, check this out. So I bought her a card, obviously, which, you know, I bought her some uh, slippers because she needed some new slippers um, that we talked <laughs> you about. Didn't get her, you didn't get her some like dumbbells or something, did you, after what you got her last time? <laughs> Sit up machine. No, I got her um, a... Uh, a milk frother for making like frappuccinos and stuff, uh, cappuccinos and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and she knew all this that I was doing all this because I said, to her, oh, I'll get it for Valentine's Day or whatever. Yeah. It sounds like you've done a reasonable job there. Yeah. But then check out this logic. So, I got nothing. And I was like, seriously, you're, you didn't give me, give me anything, not even a card. She's like, well, it's just, you know, it's not my culture. And I went, bullshit. I was like, when we lived in Japan, you know, every year I used to give you something for Valentine's Day. And like, you were lucky because I'm English. I would give you something for Valentine's Day and for White Day. So anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I was a bit kind of gutted. And then obviously I've got two daughters. And I was like, have you made me a Valentine's Day card? And they were like, nah. I was like, all oh, right. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so they, when they went to bed, so this is the all day, nothing. When they went to bed, at like, I don't know, nine o'clock at night, they must have made a Valentine's card, the two girls, or maybe like a letter saying, we love you, daddy. Because um, I think Emma was really upset that I'd got absolutely nothing for Valentine's Day from anybody, <laughs> any of the women in to my be life. Fair, to be fair, your, your daughters are probably relying on your wife to do the heavy lifting in terms of buying that valentine stuff uh, so it gets worse so then in the daytime i said to my missus my it was my dad's birthday and he'd taken the grandkids to the park so they said oh you two can have sort of time together on valentine's day if you want to go somewhere so we went for a big walk wink wink nudge nudge <laughs> yeah right there's me see seething that i hadn't even got a fucking card right. after after this walk right we go to this supermarket and so because it was going to be my dad's we were going to have sort of dinner for my dad that night so i was like buying i bought some beer and i bought some stuff and then she came with a box of milk tray and I, <laughs> right i go I, I said to her who, who are those for she went, well they're for me i like them <laughs> right right Full on Valentine's trolling. Ah, oh, now I think right. Surely she's going to offer to pay for this beer. No, just chucks it all on the thing. I pay for it all, and then we leave. And I'm there thinking, this is fucking unreal. Right. So you, so you, you bought your your wife a bunch of Valentine's friends, and then you also bought her an added box of milk tray. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly the worst of all boxes of chocolates. I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't even like milk tray. Sure, well, for me, I like a. All right. The only way that could have gone worse is is if, is if she had put on a box of black magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So then that night, the girls made me cards or whatever. Then, then was it the next day? Oh no, maybe two days later. I went for a big walk and then went to a supermarket again. She bought herself a, a, a bottle of gin and then she went, do you want to just oh, choose, choose, choose yourself some beers as a Valentine's Day present? I was like, well, it was two days ago now. I'm oh, not so going to turn down. feeling guilty about it for two days. Yeah, I'm not going to turn down free beer. So, uh, yeah. So I was a bit, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on that. Well, I'm a little bit worried about your your wife's mental health in terms of her diet seems to consist of boxes of chocolates and bottles of gin. Yeah, yeah. Is is she okay? Yeah. Well, she's got she's got one peach gin, one pink gin. Yeah, she's loving it. Uh, yeah. So I was a bit I don't know. I was a bit deflated. You know, everything I do for this family. <laughs> I'd like I'd like the listeners to refer back to the introduction to the previous episode where John was uh, happy to leave his family for five hours to walk on a snowy moor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she can't. Surely she can't have uh, held on to that rage for a whole week and then just got me back <laughs> and then not tell me why. <laughs> You'll find out eventually. Yeah. John, 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 Sam, in Japan. This is JNSNJ News. It's time for the news. John, what have you got for me? 
so this is uh, from uh, Reddit. It's somebody who says, from, uh, it's a story from America, of course. Uh, I accidentally created an army of what bodyguards? And am I liable if my something bodyguards uh, attempt murder? So what, what do you think right. the missing words are? Okay, is it, um, is it an animal? I'm thinking it's an animal. Yeah, yes. Right. So is it bees feel like bees could be sort of trained <laughs> and they're dangerous? Is it I've created an army of bee bodyguards? <laughs> no. Uh, the clue was kind of in the sort of title. Uh, uh, am I liable if my attempts murder? If my attempts murder. Yeah, well, do you know which group of animal the collective noun is murder? Oh, yeah, it's a bunch of crows. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, <laughs> or not a bunch of crows. Obviously, it's not a bunch of crows, it's a murder of crows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Literally just said it. <laughs> um, I accidentally created an army of crow bodyguards. Am I liable if my murder of crows attempts murder? Uh, this is quite an amazing story, to be fair. So it's got a great sort of ending as well. So to make a long story short, uh, uh, this person is in their 20s. They live in Portland, Oregon. Um, and when they were younger, they had a really intense emo goth phase um, that she thought she'd grown out of. So a couple of months ago, she was watching a nature program uh, about crows. And the program mentioned if you feed crows and befriend them, they'll bring you small grif gifts. So she decided that she was going to try and do this because she was furloughed. Um, so it worked a little too well. So the five crows in her neighborhood uh, turned into an army of 15 strong. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> Yeah, that is quite a lot of crows. <laughs> so it says at first the neighbors didn't mind it and they quite enjoyed it. They're mostly elderly and they were in a bird watching club anyway. I mean, to be fair, it's pretty boring <laughs> yeah. to see the same crow. I mean, I, I'm not an expert uh, ornithologist, but I mean, crows pretty much look the same, don't they, to be fair? They're one of the uh, shittiest bird-watching birds, I'd say. Pushing to tell them apart, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they uh, they thought, you know, the, the bird-watching club thought it was funny that they followed her, her around whenever she went outside. But lately, they'd started defending her. So my neighbor, her neighbor came over for a socially distanced chat. She was on her porch and the neighbor was in her yard and the crows started dive bombing her and they would not stop until she left her yard. They didn't make any physical contact with her, but they got very close. So I, she, this woman was worried that if these crows injure someone, um, because she fed them, would she legally be kind of responsible? For Could she be right. on the hook? Um, I mean, this is America, so who knows? Well, wow. she says to be clear, they're not aggressive 100 percent of the time. If it's if the if just the neighbors are out, they are friendly and normal. Um, but it's if they see them, the neighbors getting close to me on my property. So I have I need I must. <laughs> she says I must uh, take pains to point out I did not train these birds to attack. <laughs> uh, um, but it goes on. Uh, it gets quite a good sort of. Uh, how do you think this story is going to continue? Where do you think it's going to end up? Um, so I, I reckon. So you said it, it, you've just hinted there that it doesn't end particularly badly. So I'm going to say, does well, she I'm, like... I'm quite sick, so I, I find stuff. Oh, funny. right, you know, you're just so it pecked a neighbour to death. <laughs> no, they uh, they attacked her and gouged her eyes out. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> it, it's always gouging with crows, isn't it? They can't yeah. help themselves. <laughs> no, so he says, so she had, uh, to make a long story short, she just seemed to enjoy that phrase. She called the local Audubon <laughs> Society. Now, I'd, I'd never heard of this. I don't know what this word means. A-U-D-O, oh, so A-U-D-U-B-O-N, Audubon Society. I don't know if that's okay. a birdwatching society. Um, so they didn't think that feeding the crows was a bad and suggested that the neighbours also start feeding them so that they can essentially become better socialised. So this plan worked a treat and now the crows are a beloved part of the community and there'd been no recent dive bombings. But anyway, most amazingly, the crows have legitimately saved my neighbour. So what do you think happened here? Uh, okay, I'm going to say so... Th- the crows have been uh they've been kind of brought into the community they're supporting and defending all the local residents so then one of the elderly neighbors were on their way home they were getting mugged and then the crows <laughs> swooped down and started like attacking the mugger <laughs> it's not as traumatic as that that would be excellent oh um, that would be excellent <laughs> so it says yeah um so recently our city had a big pretty big ice and snow event um, and so, my na- like as I've said, my neighbours are elderly. One of my neighbours was walking down his steep driveway, slipped and couldn't get back up. The crows started going ballistic and were making more noise than we had ever heard. Different neighbours went outside to see what was up and found the gentleman in his driveway. The neighbours completely okay, just some serious bruising. Um, the crows have been given uh, extra treats since then. They'd be good. I mean, if you first walked out of your house and you saw an old man lying on the floor and loads of crows going ballistic, you would assume they were attacking him, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. He, he, he's been dead for some time and they're <laughs> yeah. feasting on his corpse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just go get the shotgun out. <laughs> I think there's kind of uh, sort of hints of, you know, there's the crows and the snow and the ice. It's like kind of reminiscent of like winter is coming <laughs> yeah <laughs> the white walkers are here <laughs> exactly <laughs> so she said uh at the end she said as a treat they took all of the crows down to um the local nightclub and it was murder on the dance floor <laughs> murder on the dance floor <laughs> <laughs> That was J-N-S-N-J News. Good morning! Afternoon or evening, this is the Movie Quotes game. To play this game... You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? You'll hear different quotes from a film. Elementary, my dear Watson. Just guess which film they're from. It is not a race, so there is no... And if you get it wrong, it doesn't matter. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Just do your best, and you'll... Make my day. Let's get on with the game. It is time for me to say... Please, Sam. And... Here's Johnny! Right, it's time for the Movie Quotes Quiz, or, as it is this week, it's the TV Quotes Quiz. So, last episode, I told, <laughs> I set John a task, uh, which was, uh, I-, I was watching, I have been watching Designated Survivor, the Keith Sutherland uh, TV vehicle, and I told John to, <laughs> to try and predict uh, three or five quotes that were going to be in the TV show, which, sort of in hindsight, <laughs> after saying it... <laughs> thought it was quite difficult 
the TV show, I have no idea about what really goes on. Uh, yeah. After I sprang that on you last time, what was your what was your like your feeling? Uh, well, I sat there for a bit and I thought, like, you know, there'll probably be one about steadying a ship. There might be one about, you know, America be the great. But then I just thought that is just ridiculous. So I was tempted to IMDb it. And just uh, fight quotes from the show. But uh, I just couldn't be asked. <laughs> yeah, unsurprisingly. Yeah, I had faith, I had faith um, that you would realise that that was ridiculous and just come up with something better. So Right. So I have, well, I don't know if this is better. I certainly wouldn't like to say that before we've played it. But uh, yeah, I've, give, I've got like a sort of a general TV quotes game where what I'm going to do is I'm going to give, tell you a little bit about the situation where this quote is going to occur. Yep. I'm going to give you the first half of the quote, and then I'm going to give you a chance to finish it. Okay. If, if you get it right first time round, I'm going to give you one point. But if you get it wrong, which I suppose you probably will, because it's, that's still quite a difficult challenge, I'm then going to give you a 50-50 of how the quote ends. Right. And then you get to choose which is the real one. And if you get that right, you get half a point. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's, there's going to be one, two, three, four, five. So there's five quotes. Right. So, you, so there's a maximum of uh, 10 points. Okay. So let's say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, if you get, if you, no, no, what did I, how many points did I say it was if you get the quote right first? Two, didn't you? Two. All right, two for, yeah, two, so two if the quote's right first, one if it's right on the 50-50. Yeah. So if you get five points, I'll name you the champion. Okay, fair enough. Right, okay. So, right, here we go. Uh, the first one, the first quote Are these is, TV shows so, that you think I've watched, or is this just like completely... No. Oh, no, no, sorry. These are all from Designated Survivor. Oh, right, okay, right, so okay. I, okay. I, I have binge-watched this full second series just right. in order to be in order to play this game. <laughs> all right. So, Does it so, get any better? Ah, uh, it's not got worse, but it's definitely plateaued. <laughs> right. I think these quotes will probably give you an indication to the kind of the kind of TV show we're talking about. Right. So the, the kind of emphasis on this is that these quotes are all kind of high levels of cheese. Yeah, yeah. Right. So number one, let's see if you can get a point or uh, two from this. This is Keith Sutherland, the president, is meeting with a head of another state or an ambassador or someone, um, and they're talking about a war that might be about to kick off. And... <laughs> This is the uh, head of the other state saying to Keith O'Sullivan, the president, he starts his quote with, we all die, Mr. President, but I didn't meet with you to talk about death. I met with you. Can you finish that quote? I met with you to talk about how we can all live. <laughs> you are so close. You are absolutely. In fact, I'm giving you two points for that. Oh, round of applause. <laughs> round of applause. The uh, actual quote is, we all die, Mr. President, but I didn't meet with you to talk about death. I met with you to talk about life. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does sound cheesy. Pretty good cheese. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. The, the next, next quote. This is, one of the uh, main character's brothers was in a bit of trouble. And the brother, uh, the main character guy, one of them was trying to help. And the quote is someone is talking to the, the younger brother. They said, your big brother made a decision to protect you. The problem is... He's the one who needs protecting. 
ping pong. Yes, I'm giving you two points again. I'm giving you a, two points again. Well, I think I missed a career opportunity here, haven't I? Yeah. It should be writing shit cheese. The exact quote was, your big brother made a decision to protect you. The problem is no one may be able to protect him. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm definitely giving it to you, though. <laughs> okay, so you're four points. I mean, you're, you're nearly there. Okay, this is an this is two people talking. Someone's trying to have a had a go at one of them, uh, but they didn't succeed. And then they're having a little bit of tete a tete afterwards. They said, "If you ever tried to take me out again, you'd better not miss because uh, if you swing at the king, uh, you better not miss. <laughs> if you take a shot at the king, you better not miss. Something like that." <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. You you are close, but I can't give you the points this time. Okay. So I'm going to give you the fifty. I'll give you the fifty fifty. Okay. It. So the first one is: if you ever tried to take me out again, you better not miss because I'm in the business of pain. Quote one. Quote two: if you ever tried to take me out again, you better not miss because I won't. Yeah, I'll go number two. <laughs> I'd like it to be number one because that sounds like a sort of <laughs> Steven Seagal style eighties action movie. But uh, yeah, I think realistically, I'll go number two. <laughs> and you're right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ping pong well done so I'll give you one point there so you have succeeded you got your five points but I think we should see uh, if you can uh, get as, how many points you can amass yeah definitely so next quote this is a superior talking to an FBI agent who's going uh, the FBI agent's been tasked with going out to uh, catch a criminal but they're going to try and use the criminal to help them as well and then the superior says to the FBI agent just don't give him too much rope. What was the FBI agent's reply? Uh, so don't give him just too much rope. Uh, I'll keep him on a short leash. <laughs> I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid you get zero points. Okay. Zero points. Right. But but the the actual quote was. Do I get a fifty-fifty? Well, I'm afraid you can't because you'll find out why in a sec. All right, but. It says, the actual quote was, just don't give him too much rope. And the reply was, just enough to hang himself. Ah, oh, see, I was going to go. Yeah. That's pretty cheesy. But the reason you couldn't have a 50-50, because the fake quote that I made up was, uh, just don't give him too much rope. It's no rope. I've got him on. It's a leash. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, perhaps we're both budding script writers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i can't give you any points for that because you read my mind okay <laughs> okay and the the last one this was the fbi agent we were talking about before and there's been a whole bunch of people related uh, kind of who who've had problems well i say problems and they're all dead basically um i can't i couldn't remember the exact names of all the people in the scenes i was gonna make up the names but can you finish the quote right there's a bit of a sad moment this one <laughs> emotional <laughs> They are all dead. Bob, Tom, John. Everyone who... Ah. Uh, can you... Everyone who meant something to me. <laughs> everyone who meant some something to me what? Come on, you're so close. Everyone who meant something to me died. <laughs> Round of applause! <laughs> <laughs> yes, the actual perfect quote is... Uh, they are all dead. Bob, Tom, John. Everyone who gets close to me... Dice. <laughs> Can't believe you watched this. <laughs> and <laughs> this is a message for John and the listeners. 
stay tuned because I'm predicting in about two or three episodes time, we're going to have another round of (laughs) designated survivor movie quotes quiz uh, with season three. (laughs) That was the movie quotes game. Hasta la vista, baby. Yo, Johnny McBee and Sammy O.T. Two princes talk a shit over a cup of tea Probably a spot of milk and a crumpet, please But there's something else cooking in the kitchen Could someone answer the burning question? Alright, and now it's time for this episode's burning question Which is, what is something that you've started doing Then very quickly regretted starting? So, who's been in touch then, Sam? Uh, yeah, we've had quite a few people get in touch uh, Mike Rogowski got in touch on Facebook He said, uh Kind of, I feel like there's not quite enough information in in this message, but he simply said, farting. <laughs> I guess he means he followed through. <laughs> he did add a embarrassed face emoji. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've all been there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, it, I mean, this is just, do you ever read Fesshall on Twitter? Highly recommend it. It's where people can put anonymous um, sort of confessions in. But the one yesterday that just had me in stitches was um, somebody put in and it basically said, uh, I shit the bed after having two bottles of red wine. So I smeared some of the shit around my sleeping partner's arsehole then woke them up. (laughs) (laughs) Screaming Ah! at them. (laughs) I really hope that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Don't think you'd get away with that. <laughs> Where's my Valentine's Day present? <laughs> is, that, is that why you bought the couple of bottles of red wine this morning? Yeah. <laughs> Payback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, well, Joey, Joey Kadazawa got on, in touch on Twitter and he said, in a GCSE chemistry class, I lit a dropped splint, which is like one of those little wooden... Uh, sticks into a hole in the desk it was a sealed cupboard and the hole was an unused gas pipe outlet it was full of old bits of paper so i immediately regretted it more so when the fire started they got banned from practicals for two weeks um it says i was scooping handfuls of water in from the sink on the other side of the room when the teacher noticed he had to rip the nailed cupboard door off and chuck a bucket of sand or something on it the panic was sliceable (laughs) He's, I think, and then you replied uh, it's classic of imagine your mates looking on laughing but not helping and Joe said yep spot on <laughs> yeah because I know yeah. that if that was me and I was in that position my friends <laughs> at school would have found that absolutely hilarious oh I've just seen your mate panicking <laughs> nothing like it <laughs> yeah <laughs> panicking but even even better having a legitimate reason to be panicking <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Key got in touch on Facebook. He said the thing that he uh, started and then immediately regretted starting was roller skating down a hill. <laughs> <laughs> I think especially if you're a novice roller skater, oh, th- that yeah. is definitely something that's going to yeah. be... Uh... Yeah, I think first time going out in a typhoon on a surfboard was one of those big sort of, right, what am I doing this for? <laughs> what am I doing here? Why am I here? Yeah. It's a mistake. Yeah. And they can't get back in. It was like, oh, God. 
Um, yeah, Kat is singing badly on Twitter, got in touch, and she just put exercise. Um, she said, as soon as I hit 35, every temporary injury turned into a nine-month slug of agony. Uh, now I'm 42, there's a different pain every day, even when I do bugger all. I thought I was having a... I, yeah. I was on the toilet yesterday morning, just kind of stretched, like my hands in the air. And as I did it, I felt like I'd sort of pulled my sort of intercostal muscles and I felt like I was having a heart attack. Um, so, <laughs> like toilet yoga. Yeah. Well, I just felt like I was actually just, you know, dying. So I was desperate to try and stand up and pull my pants up. I just didn't want to be found like Elvis. You know? the fucking, yeah, I was going to say, the 21st century's Elvis Presley. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> just with, without any of the fortune or fame <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, Daniel Brady got in touch on Facebook He's uh, he got in touch last time which was uh, what was the biggest lie you've been told or t- you told to you and his one about that was he was told that his uh, ex-wife uh, ex-wife's mum had been selling his wife's body uh, for heroin or crack or something <laughs> yeah. and it turned out to be a lie do you remember that yeah one? yeah so uh, that was obviously good that that turned out to be a lie and we did say at the time that it was his ex-wife so we're not sure how it ended yeah. uh, but anyway Daniel Brady said on Facebook that the thing that he uh, started then immediately regretted starting was simply his marriage <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> so, I think we got a hint of that from uh, what he said last time <laughs> yeah <laughs> Got it. How about for you? Well, yeah, I had to think about this. I, I, this is probably not like the biggest one I've ever had, but something just I did. It was today. So um, my son is kind of into like Disney cars, but he likes getting cars and then kind of painting them and kind of customizing them himself. And he wanted to make this one look like a demolition derby car. So he wanted it like me to get the pliers and a hammer and bash it and twist it a bit. And I put the these pliers under the kind of wheel arch of this small car. And as soon as I started doing it, I thought to myself, I'm going to t- try and twist this wheel arch up and it's going to slip off and I'm going to stab myself in the hand with these <laughs> pliers. And literally like two seconds later, I stood there with like a pair of pliers stuck in my thumb. <laughs> so like the other you know, ball of your thumb at the, like, yeah. at the base. Oh. Yeah, I kind of really gave myself a good jabbing. So, yeah, that was something I started doing. And then, yeah, I knew I was going to regret it and then immediately regretted it. (laughs) How about for you? Yeah, well, actually, I can think of one major one was uh, once when I was uh, in university during the summer holidays, um, most people went home, but me and a group of friends continued living together. And there was one of our friends had an ex, he was friends with a Canadian guy who was an exchange student. And the guy was going to fly back to Canada. And so he said, can I stay at your house the night before I fly? Because I've got to move out of my halls. So we were like, yeah, yeah, cool, whatever. Um, and then we, it was like a Friday night. And so we'd, I'd finished work and we bought a load of beer. And my friend had decided to make hash cookies. So we all took these sort of hash cookies. There's about five of us. And this Canadian guy had come around and I didn't really know him that well. His nickname, we called him Bob because he looked like Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons. And um, <laughs> anyway, we took these hash cakes and we were you know, drinking a beer, watching this film. And um, all of a sudden, he just starts like, you know, his tongue had swollen up and he couldn't breathe. And he had his tongue oh, pierced. No. And he was like, Joe, you call an ambulance. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? So we called, we called him an ambulance. So he went off in an ambulance. And then we were like, you know, he's flying out tomorrow. And um, I'll be honest, because we were all on hash cakes, 
it took us about an hour to sort of stop laughing because um, we were saying like, can you imagine his mum and dad are waiting for him at the airport and then just the coughing comes through on the conveyor belt. <laughs> so we were in stitches. Uh, like eventually we're like, well, you know, we need to hold it together and sort of go to the hospital, check that he's all right. So my biggest problem get is going to the hospital uh, emergency room when I was high because um, we walked in there. It was in Salford. It was about three o'clock in the morning on a Friday night. So there was people who'd been glassed, beaten up, stabbed, uh, people shouting, screaming. And we were all kind of, you know, stoned and kind of walked in there. And it was just like, it was terrifying. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> it's just like walking into a mental asylum. So we, we found him in his cubicle. And, um, you know, they put him on a drip and stuff and all the swelling had gone down and he, he looked dead green, but he was, he was all right. He was, you know, he wasn't going to die. And we were just kind of all sat there on the floor, chatting away to him, sort of all huddled up with hoodies on, looking like junkies. And then um, this, <laughs> this doctor brought in a group of like medical students, there's about 10 of them, and they all came in and started sort of questioning at us about what we'd done and how, you know, what it felt like and all. It was just bizarre. Your life, um, your poor life choices. Ah, uh, but it was because we was like tripping out. I then started thinking that I could hear my mum shouting my name. So I'm like, there's a woman shouting John, probably because her boyfriend had been stabbed to death or something. Um, but it just, she had the same voice as my mum. So I'm just there panicking, going, fucking hell, my mum's here. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that, that was something that I <laughs> massively regret doing once I'd started it. <laughs> And that's all for today's show. Just leaves me to say thanks to everyone who was involved. Uh, thanks to uh, Ruben VM, as always. Thanks to Matt Perkins. Thanks to Kiefer Sutherland and his friends for providing <laughs> some of the cheesiest quotes we've ever come to. Congratulations to John for, for succeeding in getting his uh, total in the end was seven points in the game. Oh, so nice. congratulations, John. But of course, mostly and most sincerely, thanks to you, the lovely listeners. Uh, so that just leaves us for, well, next episode's burning question, I guess. Uh, what is the worst Valentine's present or Valentine's Day that you've uh, had? <laughs> I'm not bitter about this at all. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm glad this is going to uh, linger over into March. <laughs> <laughs> Considering we're recording this on the 21st, it'll probably be released on the 28th. Yeah. It's, uh, it's certainly going to sound like you've, you've got some resentment. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anything else? No, I think that's all. All right. Catch, Catch you later. later. It is time to go, that's the end of the show. If you liked it, write a review. Five stars or F you. And if you want to get in touch, we'd like that very much. Send a tape of your comedy, not a tape, just an MP3. Send us some comedy or a song that is funny. Send us your favourite bit. But we don't want your dick pics.
it is time to go That's the end of the show Tell your friends and your family Or even the people you're married You should join in Answer the burning question Send a new story Preferably something we can find about we're on the social media sites, Facebook and Twitter, day and night. It's John and Sam in Japan at gmail.com. And if you do this, then maybe, just maybe, Sam will put his clothes back on. John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. And he was like, Joe, can you call an ambulance? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs>